This is Out of Office for April 2015, our Out of Office Stories. Welcome to the Out of Office Podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort, and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well. It seems to be a while since we spoke, although it was only last month, but perhaps at the start of last month. That's right. I think that's the reason we're at the end of April now. Yeah, lots of school holidays and other holidays, and I've been away, and uh, I went away on a business trip and had a bit of a holiday in New Zealand as well, and now really backing into it. Excellent. Sounds good. Okay, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about ourselves. We have, we, we have, because look, you and I have been working out of office for three decades, Gihan. And this is where I pause for you to deliver the punchline, <laughs> which is... And, uh, you don't look that old. Oh, should I, should it be that, I don't look that old. <laughs> no, it should be, wow, you must be tired by now. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, as I said, we've been working out of office. For, between us, we have three decades of experience working out of office. So we've written a book about it, about out of office work styles. We've had this podcast going for about three years now, I think. But we've never really talked about how we came to be working out of office, what were our motivations, how we made the transition from traditional office work style to working out of office, what has worked and what hasn't. So we thought today that we'd redress that oversight and talk a little bit about ourselves and the background and history uh, of ourselves as out of office workers. Yeah, and that's really good, Chris, because I think the, as much as we're talking about ourselves, I think our path and our journey uh, probably has some lessons for other people as well. And even though we started a while ago, there are some things in common. There's some people here who are still thinking about shifting to out-of-office work, or there may be some managers and leaders who have some of the team members who are asking about out-of-office work, and their, our experience might be useful to them. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> so, yes, as I said, we'll talk about uh, how, what motivated us, how we made the transition. Uh, and the successes and some of the failures along the way. So let's get started and, and talk about motivation. And I'll kick that off, Gihan. So let's go back to where it all began. And I was working in the UK. I had a regular nine to five, Monday to Friday office job where I was doing data visualization software development. And it was work that I really liked. I liked the work. It was interesting. And I liked the people that I worked with. But uh, towards the middle of 2000, my wife and I uh, intend, or we'd always intended that we'd return to Perth. And so I wanted to go home, but I also wanted to take my job with me. So I guess I wanted to eat my cake and have it. So I wanted to keep, my, keep doing the work that I was enjoying. One part of the work that I didn't enjoy was commuting to and from work. I'd never liked driving in traffic, and I wanted to avoid that uh, if I could, when I went back, when we got back to Perth, I probably, if I'd had an office job, would have ridden my bike or caught public transport and maybe read e well, e-box weren't a thing back then, but listened to, listened to music or something to to make the most of that time. But if possible, I wanted to avoid standard commuting to and from an office. And also, I was intrigued by the idea of working from home. So not just because it avoided the commute, but also the freedom and the flexibility that it would afford me to develop routines and ways of working that suited me. I'd also be invited to fewer time-wasting meetings. But when it came to working from home, I really didn't know what to expect. So I was interested in finding out about that. 
Yeah, and I think uh, one of the big differences between the way that you and I work, Chris, is that you were very keen to be a telecommuter or an e-worker, as we call it, working from home for yeah. somebody else. And for me, the whole working from home thing was part of me starting a business. So I was the I moved into the digital nomad lifestyle, although that took a little bit of time. So when I started my business in 1997, I started by working from home. It wasn't the plan right from the start. Uh, my idea was, first of all, to get an office space in Perth, in the Central Business District, in St. George's Terrace. And uh, I had, a, at the time, a potential business partner, and we were going to uh, share share some office space. So we weren't going to lease it out ourselves, but we're going to share a little corner of an office um, and have it as, the, the I guess, the way that work used to be done. An office in St. George's Terrace was kind of going to set you up for life. Uh, but I realized fairly quickly, I mean, uh, that partner and I, we didn't go into business together. And I was a little bit wary about taking an, uh, taking out a lease by myself. And pretty soon I realized that most of my clients were from the Eastern States and they didn't care that I was just running my business from my spare bedroom. So even though I started that way a little bit out of fear and concern, rather than doing it from a positive motivation to be out of office or to work from home, it turned out to be one of the best things I did because uh, I fell into that for negative reasons, but it turned out to be a really good thing because that's the way I'm still doing it now, still <laughs> working from my spare bedroom and other places. And uh, now that I'm more portable, I will get to that. We will. We will. So those were, that's, our, that's what motivated us into out-of-office work. So then we had to manage the transition. And for me, that meant convincing the people that I worked with to allow me to telecommute. So when I approached my manager and said, look, uh, we're returning to Perth and can I keep my job? He was keen. You know, he valued the skills that I had and the work that I was doing. But it was up to up to the organisation to allow me to do this. And upper management um, took a different view. They just saw me as a regular contractor and if I was leaving, then I was leaving the company. If I was leaving the country, I would be leaving the company and they'd just get another contractor. So my manager had to go to work to convince them that I would be difficult to replace and it was worth keeping my skills in the organisation, even if I was moving to another country. And so he eventually convinced them and and that meant that they would we'd try it out for six months because even even my manager said you know this might not work there's 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 certain technical issues to contend with let's give it a go for six months and 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 see how it goes so we got that agreement we did the paperwork to uh, set up a company draft and sign contracts and got insurance we're ready to go and then my wife and I went on a six-week holiday on our return to Oz and I think that the thing that's worth saying here, Chris, is that you managed did take a pretty big leap of faith, didn't you? And especially at that time, at what, how long ago was this? Yeah, that was in t- the year 2000, so 15 years ago, Gihan. That's right, that's right. And it was, you, know, you went into bat for you and really thought you were worth keeping, as obviously you thought uh, as well. However, it was a pretty big decision on his part. Yeah, it certainly was. I'm really grateful to Graham for that support, and and that support continued uh, for a long time after I returned to, returned to Perth. He continued being my manager for a long time, um, and and helped me uh, just help me out as 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 a manager ought to when uh, when someone's part of their team. So, yeah, I'm very grateful to him for that. He kicked it off. Yeah. So we got back to Perth eventually after having a nice holiday in the US and Canada. And yeah, I was on a six-month probation, so I had to convince people that this was going to be effective. Uh, so like you, Gihan, I set up in the spare bedroom at home. That just involved buying... Uh, in fact, 
In fact, back then, what happened was uh, the organisation actually sent me a PC because they have a you know a corporate desktop, a certain version of Windows with software installed. So back then, they sent me some of the equipment rather than me having to buy it, and that made things a bit easier about being compatible with the people I worked with. Um, but the rest was fairly standard standard stuff, you know, faxes, phones, and those kinds of things. And then I got to work. And back then, it was 2000, as I just mentioned, uh, communication was obviously very important, but it was just handled using email and the phone. We didn't have video conferencing or webinars or, or um, instant messaging, but the focus was on communicating regularly and clearly, and I also produced a regular report to let people know what I was doing. This was communicated with, uh, with the broader management, um, and if there are any problems, um, and things things went underway. But obviously, since then, technology's evolved significantly since the year 2000 to make out-of-office work uh, much, much easier and more viable than it was back then. Yes, and uh, I started probably about three years before you did, Chris, around 1997. And uh, as you said, the technology wasn't there. We didn't have cloud computing. Uh, most people were still working on desktop computers rather than laptops. So when I set up my home office, it was very much... It was pretty similar to yours, I'd guess. So it was in my spare bedroom. And what I did was I went to Officeworks and bought what I thought an office should have. So I had a yeah, nice desk, a nice ergonomic chair, my desktop computer, because the laptops weren't so popular at the time, had a phone and fax machine and a rented a landline from Telstra and a printer. And that was kind of my home office. And it was just pretty much me thinking this is the absolute basics that I need and at some point I'm going to the business can be viable and then I'll be able to move into that office in St George's Terrace in Perth and of course that never happened uh, but that's that's what I set up at the start I did have a laptop uh, I bought a laptop because I used to go to client meetings uh, but that laptop was um, it wasn't a very powerful laptop and it was basically just for me to transfer files back and forth so I could take them to client meetings. It was a little bit inconvenient, but it certainly wasn't the machine that I was using all the time. And I remember at the time working from home, I, I did remember feeling a bit embarrassed to admit that I was working from home. So with my Perth-based clients, who weren't there, there weren't many of them, but if I did have meetings with Perth-based clients, I'd either say to them, I'll come to your office, or I'd say, oh, let's just, let's just meet at a good time for coffee, and we'd go out for coffee. And that was kind of my excuse for uh, not letting them know that I work from home. And eventually what happened was we'd have the conversation, and when they found out that I was able to work from home and that I could go and have coffee meetings uh, rather than being stuck in an office all day, uh, I realized they were a little bit envious of me. And uh, this was, again, like 1997, 1998, at the time when this whole idea of working from home uh, wasn't so common. Now, of course, it is common, but I kind of got over that little bit of embarrassment about that. Uh, so I did have this office that I that I worked from, even though it was an office in my spare bedroom. So in some ways, I was, rather than being out of office, I still was in in an office. It just didn't have to uh, didn't happen to be in a commercial space. Um, and one of the things that I did after a few years was I decided that I didn't want to be in an office all the time. And specifically, I decided to set aside Fridays as the day that I'd be working on my business rather than in my business because I was a big fan of Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, where he talks about setting aside time to work on your business. And I decided, well, I'm only going to work a four-day week on uh, in my business, which is with clients, and I'm going to take Fridays as a day working on my business. So what I did was I packed up my laptop, which didn't uh, didn't have a lot of battery life, but that's okay because I took a power cord with me. Uh, I took my mobile phone, which was one of the old phones, certainly not a smartphone, mm -hmm. and I took this very... Um, 
there's an old-fashioned Telstra modem which would charge you by the time you connected rather than by bandwidth, which is the way it's done now. And I used to go and I used to ride my bike down to Matilda Bay Tea Rooms uh, close by. And people in Perth will know it. Uh, just an outdoor cafe. I used to sit there. They had an outdoor um, power, so I could power up, and uh, I would just pay by buying coffees and lunch all day. And it was great because I uh, was in a different environment, so it gave me the chance to think differently. And also, I had limited connection to the rest of the world because my phone and fax machine was back in the office. So a couple of times a day, I would check voicemail. Uh, internet access on that modem was expensive, so I would just connect for a few minutes, check if any email had come in, and then disconnect. But the rest of the time, I would have work that I was working on and was doing things. I was building products, um, upgrading my procedures, writing documents. Those are the sort of things that I did. Uh, I even remember at the time, just, it was so unusual that one day somebody who sat down next to me for coffee was a reporter or a journalist for the Subiaco Post, which is one of our local community newspapers. And he took a photo and wrote an article for, about me because that kind of lifestyle at the time was still the was still unusual I and mean, still not the norm even now. But at the time, it was quite unusual. Uh, and now, now of course, uh, fifteen years later, um, it's it is quite common. And now for me, that that sort of digital nomad lifestyle of just being able to move move around with a backpack and a, a mobile phone and a laptop computer is second nature to me. And I, that's all I need, really, as long as I've got access to the mobile network, which means I can connect for internet and phone, and I've got my computer with me, that's good. And my, my laptop now is a very lightweight laptop. It's got a very good battery life, so I can even go four or five hours without having to plug in. And... Um, I've got you know, generous mobile data allowance. So it's very easy for me to be able to work from anywhere. And I've got rid of my old Telstra phone and I have a Skype number now, which is like a landline number. It's an O2 number, but it, it's not a fixed line. It, uh, whenever I'm, wherever I'm around the world, I can get my phone, phone calls and I can make phone calls using Skype. So now 15 to 17 years later, the, the environment has changed quite a lot. But when I started, it was working in a home office with the occasional, uh, like one day a week, out of office. Excellent. So that's how we made the transition to out-of-office work styles. And along the way, I think we can claim that we've had a few successes. So why don't we talk about those now, Gihad? Mm. So, well, I've been an e-worker. That's what we, a full-time telecommuter, is the, that's the phrase we use in the out-of-office book. And I've been doing that for 15 years, working for the same organisation. So I think that in itself I, I would deem a success. What started as a six-month trial has now become a 15-year career, career. And it also paved the way for one of my colleagues uh, at the organisation to follow my footsteps. He's uh, emigrated um, from the UK to Australia, and he's in Queensland now. And we work together. We formed. He's now my business partner. We work together uh, doing work for this particular organisation. So I think the whole enterprise has been a success. I think it's worthwhile talking about one of the, a couple of the reasons why that is. And firstly is that the organisation that I work for actually gets out-of-office work, although management were reticent to give it a go when I first when I first uh, mooted the idea, that was because they just saw me as a contractor. But they later recognised that I had skills that they needed. And so I and my colleagues, uh, or management and, and colleagues, support remote work. And that's because this organisation really has to. They're a global organisation. Their employees are scattered across the globe. They've got external suppliers in different parts of the world. They collaborate with people from different countries. And 
all of these people work together in distributed teams. So any team can be made up of members from different parts of uh, different parts of planet Earth. So they've and they've also got a mobile workforce. They've got researchers who are working in the field. They've got sales staff who are on the road. So they've got the technological in- infrastructure in place. The processes and working practices to support them have been developed, and all of this goes together to support remote workers and and make out of office work viable for me and for others in the organisation. So I guess the other thing is that, as well as the organisation I work for being supportive of -of out-of-office work, um, I get it too. I've been doing it for 15 years. I really love the work style. I wouldn't want to work any other way. So I'm really keen to make sure that it continues. And that means that I've been motivated to develop ways of working that ensure that I'm productive, I make and keep promises, I try and communicate well, and I provide value to the the organisation and people that I'm working for. Yeah, great. Great. And if you're talking about my successes, I would say that uh, you know, I really love the idea that I've now built a great um, a solopreneur business. So it's my own business. Uh, I'm the only employee of my company, but I built it from little old isolated Perth, which is the most remote capital city in the world, someone told me. And yet I've been able to build that business with mostly clients who aren't in Perth and in an increasingly distributed world, an increasingly global world, increasingly connected world. So in some ways, I think I'm really lucky that I had a little bit bit of those those barriers of not being able to travel to see my clients every day or every week because I was kind of forced to work by phone and email initially and then through other online tools like uh, video conferencing and webinars. So I've been able to do that to build up that sort of business. And I know that a lot of businesses now are looking at bringing those tools on board and starting to use that because for the reasons that you said, Chris, they're trying to be more, uh, they've got more distributed teams, they've got more out-of-office workers. And I've been lucky that I've been doing that right from the start. So in, in a way, I've been a little bit ahead of the game when it came to out-of-office work, and particularly with the digital nomad lifestyle as well, even though I kind of fell into it accidentally and started it because of a probably a negative reason, a little bit of a concern about the viability of my business. I'm really glad that I did, and I'm glad that I've been able to keep it going for, for such a long time. Um, one of the books that I really liked uh, which, when it came out was Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I, I know it's got its, its critics as well as its fans, and I'm definitely one of its fans. Uh, but one of the reasons I'm a fan is because I think that the theme of the book is not that you only work four hours a week, uh, because I think that's unrealistic. But I think the theme is that you create a lifestyle so that only four hours of four hours a week feels like work. And I, and I feel that I've got that sort of lifestyle. Um, this recording that we're doing now, the podcast that we do, it doesn't feel like work. When I go and speak at a conference, it doesn't feel like work. When I'm writing or presenting webinars or supporting clients through my membership site, it just doesn't feel like work. And uh, part of that is because not just the work itself, but because of the lifestyle that I can work from home, I can work from, you know, I can go and work down by the river, I can fit in with other commitments that I've got. So in fact, when I was writing the notes for this podcast, which we do on a shared Google document, so I had to be online, I was sitting in my car in the in a school car park waiting for my partner Nikki's two kids, Abby and Josh, because I was picking them up from school and taking them to something somewhere else because Nikki wasn't available at the time. And I really like that I've got that flexibility and it's allowed me to fit in work and with the rest of my life and, and really integrate that. So people talk a lot about work-life balance or work-life integration. I'm really pleased that I've got that as part of my work style. Great. Great, Kihan. So it hasn't all been rainbows, though, has it? There have been a few, <laughs> a few problems along the way. So why don't I uh, air some of those? So I think one of the problems uh, that 
out of office workers face, one of the big problems that we face is that we're out of sight and so we can be also out of mind. And so I think this is probably an area where I haven't done as well as I could um, because I'm working in isolation. I'm certainly not physically visible to my colleagues. And so out of office workers like me have to work a bit harder and proactively to ensure that uh, we're not out of mind. So in the past, um, I probably haven't communicated with my colleagues and team as well as I should have. I've left it to them to ask me questions and approach me for answers rather than um, them not having to ask the questions in the first place by uh, keeping them informed of how I progressed with pieces of work and kept them up to date on, on the progress that I'm making. So, and, and similarly, when I've been in teleconferences, uh, Often the people who are not in the conference room, who are not, say, the core part of the meeting, it's easy just to put yourself on mute and listen in and not c contribute to the mm -hmm. conversation um, and, and take a back seat or be a wallflower. So that's something that um, I've not been so good at in the past. I'm getting better at um, doing these days, but I, I still think there's room for improvement there. And I guess part of that is related to you know, maybe I've got a fairly insular kind of character. Uh, and another problem that I think uh, I've had is that I've, I've become a bit of a shut-in. It's easy if you're an out-of-office worker to spend a lot of time in the house and not get out much. I know, Gihan, you're quite the opposite. You make a lot of effort to, to get out and about and really make the most of the flexibility that out-of-office work affords you. Um, and I've and I've I've needed to work on that too, and I, and I'm getting better at that. So today I'm going out at quite a few times. I'm not doing much work at all today. Um, so I think also that's something that uh, out of office workers need to work into their work style um, to get the greatest benefit from it. To to get out of the house occasionally. I wonder, Chris. So do you think for yourself that one of the reasons that you don't get out so much like during the workdays? Because I'm guessing that the, the way you've set up your workdays is that they are pretty strict working hours. So you've got working hours. And of course, when Lauren comes home from school, you can take a break and spend time with her. But typically, you work to a fairly strict routine during the day. Is that fair? That is how I've structured things, Gihan, but it's not necessarily, it's not necessary, it's not like I'm trying to keep in sync with the office hours of the people I work with there in the Northern Hemisphere, so I, I could and I do break, break things up these days. I, I keep regular hours, but I, I'm trying to, uh, you know, break things up. A little bit more. Yes, and because I've heard the argument both ways for people who are working from home or working in isolation that on one side of the argument they say you should set your regular hours because that helps you with your discipline and other people say, well, just as long as you get the work done and you're really focused on achieving your goals and you make sure that you're disciplined that way, then have the flexibility and take advantage of the flexibility because it'll actually help you work as well. Yeah, and I, I think in a previous podcast we've recommended that those regular hours as a good way of making the transition and developing that, yes. that discipline. Fifteen years later, I think I can relax a bit. Yes, good. <laughs> All right, so for me, failures. Well, as I said, I'm pretty happy with start. that. <laughs> yes. How much time have we got? Um, so I'm pretty happy with with the, the, the lifestyle and the work style and the business that I've built up and the business environment. So that, that's really good. But I think some of the things you've said uh, resonate with me as well, Chris. So the idea of being, you know, but it's not necessarily being isolated, but perhaps being, for me, one of the things that I've found is that because the business has been and have been so successful being able to do things online, there's been a little bit of less incentive for me to do things offline, like 
join networking groups and be part of business groups within in Perth. Um, I started a business book club, which is still running really well, and that's going that's going really well. But apart from that, I'm not really involved in many professional groups in 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 person. So I've got a couple of mastermind groups that I'm a member of, but those are both online. Um, most of my clients, uh, I don't deal with them in person all the time. So that's that, that sort of stuff. Like I'm really good at online collaboration, but maybe I don't take as as advant as much advantage as I can of in person collaboration. Uh, I know there's a great co-working space that's opened up in Perth, and uh, a couple of people I know have used it, so it's really great. You go there, and uh, they have this kind of unwritten rule that if you've got, if you're wearing headphones and you've got both both uh, earpieces plugged in, that means do not disturb. If you've got only one plugged in, that means uh, it's okay to interrupt me if you want to, and if you've got uh, no earphones, that means I'm looking for someone to interrupt me. <laughs> that, that, that kind of environment, and uh, people have said it's great because you go and you're, you're working by yourself, but you've always got the chance for someone else to come over and have a chat with you. And I've, I've never really experimented with that. I, as you say, I do spend quite a bit of time out of the office, but a lot of that is uh, I might go and ride my bike down to the university club, which is um, a, a graduates club at the University of Western Australia. And I'll work there, which is a nice environment to work. But generally, I'm working there by myself. And occasionally, someone will come along and say hello, but that's rare. So um, I, I think there's an opportunity for me as well to take advantage of some of the great networking opportunities that are available in Perth and, and meeting people in my local environment, not just online. Um, another thing that's that I could look at as perhaps a weakness rather than a failure is that the, the idea that we've got, and I think you and I both, Chris, have a really good lifestyle and work style, perhaps has, has held me back a little bit because I've kind of settled into something that I'm really happy with. And when you're settled into something um, that's good, it may be that there's le- there's less incentive and less motivation to then go out of your comfort zone and move on to the next level and do something that might be great. So a- as a result, I think what I've got is not so much a business, even though I call it that, but more practice. So if I wasn't around, there would be no business. And, you know, one of my mentors, Matt Church, who started the uh, Thought Leaders Global, um, a company called Thought Leaders Global, he talks about the fact that that's okay. It's okay to build a practice and be the be the person who runs a practice, perhaps with one or two other people that you employ. Um, but it's never be, it's never become a business. And I started by telling the story of how when I started the business, it was intended to be a business that I had an office in St. George's Terrace. Um, at the time, I was thinking, okay, I'll start in Perth and then the business will grow and then I'll open up an office in Melbourne and Sydney. And this was web design, Chris. And at the time, in 1997, web design was pretty new and there's plenty of work around. And I'm pretty sure that I could have built up that first communications empire the way that I had initially planned if I had gone down that path and if I'd really gone to the extent of building it as a business. Uh, and I chose not to, and I, I have no regrets about that, but I think that's one of the things to consider that if you are going to be an out-of-office worker and you are going to be a business owner, then you probably need to be doing more uh, in person than I've done uh, to build a business, to build a real business rather than just building an online business. Hmm, that's interesting, Gihan. So I think I shared recently an article on on the blog uh, regarding a digital nomad who did exactly that. He built a business whilst traveling, which was quite an inspiring story. But obviously that was that's the exception rather than the rule, perhaps. Yeah, I think it is. I, well, I, I think it needs a certain kind of mindset. And uh, mm. I think the out-of-office mindset, there's a, there's a temptation 
to do everything in isolation except when you're doing stuff online and especially and and when you need to communicate with other people rather than i guess in an office environment that happens naturally that you are generally surrounded by others that you do interact with mm-hmm. and uh, it's natural and sometimes in an out of office environment you've got to make that a conscious choice yeah okay well let's finish up with some recommendations and based on what i've told people today i think the first thing to suggest is that um you should know what motivates you for choosing the out of office work style and regularly check in just make sure that out of office is the right choice and that it's helping you achieve those personal goals also for out of office work to, for out of office to work for you not only do you need to get out of office work get get out of office that work style but you need the support of the people that you're working with and working for make sure that you work to avoid that out of sight out of mind problem that i referred to by communicating with intention so making sure that you provide regular updates without being a pest and overcommunicating just uh, be intentional in the way that you, you communicate so that you're visible to the people that you're working for and get out and get out a bit don't become a shut in like i did <laughs> or i have uh, make the most of the flexibility that uh, out of office work affords you and uh, get out and meet people Yeah great. And I was thinking if I was if I was advising somebody now who was thinking about an out of office work style whether they're doing it for their own business or they want to work from home I would just say you know start with that idea in mind. So when you set yourself up start with the flexibility. And in some ways it's almost easier now to have it than not to have it. But do consider things like making sure that you don't have a desktop computer or a landline phone. You can like it costs less to get a Skype phone line a Skype Skype phone number than a landline phone. Um, laptops are a little bit more expensive than desktops but they're still uh, the benefits way out where the costs I think and when you're looking at things like software choose your cloud based systems i'm really glad that i've got gmail now rather than outlook which tied me to a particular computer i'm really glad that i'm using zero for my accounting system rather than my myob which i only had the software which was running on my pc so those sort of things just you know, start with that in mind and and really believe that it's possible because it really is possible to have a very uh, productive rewarding and fulfilling work life if you're if you choose the out of office lifestyle excellent so there you have it we're caught up now we've uh, summarized over 3 decades of experience in uh, just under 30 minutes have you got any concluding remarks here only that the 3 decades is combined <laughs> don't want people to think i've been doing this for 30 years Oh, we um, can have we can have a follow up in another 15 years. Absolutely. So so I I think the only thing I would say is just um, we'll have the recording of this podcast episode and all the others at the outofofficebook.com website where you can also get our book out of office which is specifically written for people who want to move to that out of office work style and who want to make it work for them. And if you want to get in touch with us then you can find a blog on outofofficebook.com and you can leave a comment there or ask us a question we're always keen to hear from you and uh, we'll follow up. Uh and we will follow up in 15 years on how things have gone but between then and now we'll have another episode of the Out of Office podcast. So until then Kihan bye for now. Thanks Chris bye for now. Visit our website at outofofficebook.com where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast and get our book out of office. We wish you all the best in creating the work style of your choice.